0: Hello happiness seekers. I'm a work psychologist, Claudia Mitura, and I'm on the journey to really test drive and explore the best happiness hacks from leading experts around the globe and share with you what I've learned. So, welcome to another episode of And Happiness. This time I'm diving into a topic of reflection and happiness. This is because our ability to be self-aware is so significant and so fascinating that neuroscience researchers dedicated this topic to its own field of study called metacognition. And their premise of the research is actually showing that our ability to self-reflect, help us to make better decisions, be more flexible in our thinking, and avoid making errors. Even more, those of us who spend more time self-reflecting are also reporting being happier. And this is because asking thought-provoking questions of what happiness means to me, what I could be doing differently, help us and encourages us to prioritize positive experiences in our life. However, the challenge that I have with self-reflection is that sometimes it can change into rumination and overthinking. So to find out more about how to reflect well, I invited Tamsin Hartley, a psychotherapist, coach and trainer who created the Listening Space, a new approach to listening to yourself and others that can be powerfully transformative in this episode me and Tamsin we introduce and actually gives you a chance to experience the listening space to help you to self-reflect with use of metaphors on what happiness means to you we also dive into very practical steps of how we can help others to self-reflect by being their drama buddies Hope you enjoyed this episode and remember, if you are a regular listener and you would like to access more resources on happiness, remember to sign up to our monthly pod letter. Just visit www.andhappiness.co.uk or follow the link provided in the episode notes on the podcast platforms. But with no further ado, welcome to Reflection and Happiness.
1: Hello, Tamsin. Welcome to End Happiness. Hello, and thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be joining you.
0: I am so excited to learn more about listening space. Can you do a little bit of introduction for myself and
1: our listeners? What is a listening space? So a listening space is a structured process that uses clean language questions and brings the principles of mindful awareness so you might wonder what clean language questions are there are a set of questions that were created by a New Zealander called David Grove and they're asked in a way that prevents you from contaminating the conversation or the interaction with somebody else with your assumptions and suggestions so that's the clean element of it. And they're asked in a specific way. They're asked by repeating back some of the other person's words and asking a clean question. It's a very structured, simple process that you can use to explore pretty much anything.
0: Brilliant. So this is something that we could be using towards ourselves, I guess, when we are self-reflecting, but also towards
1: others. Can you
0: give us a few examples when listening space could be useful for
1: us? It's useful for just having the space to explore what's on your mind, At any one moment in time. And the thing is, it's not about having to come up with solutions. It's about opening a space for you to just explore whatever comes to mind. And I have a metaphor that's a really important part, actually, of having a listening space. And it's that you wipe your feet on a welcome mat. A metaphoric welcome mat. I can. So in doing so, you wipe away... Just imagine you're standing on this mat and you're wiping away any desire to fix... Change, analyse, interpret. You're opening the space for all thoughts and feelings to be present. And Mm -hmm. you're welcoming those thoughts and feelings in equal measure. You're not favouring the good over the bad, the comfortable over the uncomfortable, or otherwise.
0: So it's very much thinking about how we almost allow ourselves... To experience all our emotions, all our thoughts and feelings without, as you mentioned, judging, analysing, filtering. Listening space allows us to do that in a very clean, constructive way.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And what it helps you do is, if you're listening to yourself, there's a really useful simple model that was created by someone called Stephen Cartman and what it suggests is that when when you're feeling uncomfortable when something isn't going the way you want it to the chances are there's a bit of drama for you beneath the service (laughs) and there are three drama roles that we tend to adopt one or more of these roles in relation to those situations that aren't working the well way we want them to persecutor pointing the finger of blame at somebody else Victim, poor me, feeling disempowered. Rescuer, leaning in, offering suggestions, offering a help that's not always wanted. So victim, persecutor, rescuer. If you're listening to yourself, so often we actually become persecutor of ourselves. We feel we shouldn't be, thinking the thoughts we think, feeling the feelings we feel. So it's very easy to give yourself a hard time for the experience that you might be having if you're experiencing difficulty. If we're listening to somebody else, it's very easy to go into rescuer because it can feel uncomfortable to be with someone while they're talking about difficulty.
0: Yeah. I really can relate to that. So for instance, listening to ourselves, I definitely entered in the past into prosecutor role, as you're saying, and thinking, you know, why am I feeling that way? Why am I upset? What's the big deal? I'm really judging the difficult emotions. At work, I definitely, as a manager, go into rescuer role. When my direct reports and my team members come and say, oh, this is the problem, I almost have to bite my tongue to prevent prevent myself of actually giving them oh yeah I think we should do this and actually be asking coaching questions and letting them think about the solutions by themselves. I also definitely previously been in situations when I felt really, oh, poor me, you know, I didn't get what I want. So really interesting that we're going into those roles. So listening space can help us to identify those. Once we
1: identify those, what's next? So really it's a space for allowing someone to figure themselves out. So I also like to link it with the two distinct parts of the brain, the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. A listening space allows you to to explore all those uncomfortable feelings so that you can relieve all the stress that is perhaps built up. And just by having somebody listen, without going in to fix you, and letting the whole range of your thoughts and feelings being there is often enough to be able to then engage more prefrontal cortex thinking, more rational, in-perspective thinking. So often we actually don't need people to fix us. We can find those solutions if we're enabled to, to explore the difficult feelings first, the difficult f- thoughts first, and to, to let them have a space to be expressed
0: that's all very linked with the self-reflection, allowing ourselves to really listen and experience whatever on our mind, whatever emotions we're having before we can Start thinking about what's next, what do I need in this moment? What is a potential solution? But what about if we are listening to someone else who might be going through something very difficult? You already touch upon the point we shouldn't be going into this rescuer role, let me rescue,
1: let me provide all the solutions. How else we could be listening well? I think a listening space, the listening space, is a structured process. It's not a normal conversation. It's a process that invites someone, a set of questions that invites someone to really notice what's happening in and around their body. And that can be really helpful because it's not everyday kind of thinking. Often different solutions arise just from bringing awareness to your experience we can do that for things that that when we experience difficulty but we can use it to explore creative ideas forceful thinking we can use it we could use it now if you wanted for people to experience those questions in relation to happiness which is what these podcast series is all about so if you if you like I can guide your listeners through an experience of these questions that perhaps are slightly unusual way of noticing what's happening for you? Yes, please. Yes, let's do this. Okay, so I'm going to suggest that people get themselves a a piece of paper and a pen, perhaps even coloured pens. So you might want to pause while you go do that. And then we're going to enjoy just bringing awareness to what happiness means for you. We're going to wipe our feet on the welcome mat first because we're not trying to get somewhere or achieve anything by doing this. You're simply going to be Invited to bring your awareness to what happiness means for you. And then I'm going to ask a set of questions. And I'm going to pause after each question and invite you just to notice where your attention goes. Notice what arises for you, if anything, in response to the questions.
0: Ooh, I am very
1: intrigued. Okay, let's do this time. Make yourself comfortable, whatever that means for you. And you might want to close your eyes or just soften your gaze. And thinking about happiness and what happiness means for you. What kind of happiness is that? And whereabouts is happiness for you? And is happiness? on the inside or the outside? And does happiness have a size or a shape? Does happiness have a sound? And is there anything else about happiness? actually bringing your awareness back to the room around you, I'm going to invite you to represent on paper in some way what arose for you in response to those questions as you were thinking about happiness and what it means for you and that might be an image and it might be some words so I'm going to invite you to represent what arose for you on paper and I'll give a pause for you to do so And you might want to ask yourself, what do I notice as I look at what I'm drawing or writing? And is there anything else about what you notice? as you look at what you've drawn or written. And you might want to ask yourself, what do I know now about happiness? And what difference does knowing that make? come to finish. I
0: think the few interesting what comes to your mind so for instance when you ask what is happiness I was thinking for me purpose learning how does it feel I was thinking deeper breath relaxed stomach when you ask about the sound I definitely thought about seaside when you ask about shape I thought about triangle for some reason so here we go I think it's really interesting to do that exercise and actually stop for a minute and really think what happiness means to us. I think that's fantastic. And it's really
1: inviting you to notice in your body, not just the things that you do or you say, but actually what are you noticing in your body and whereabouts are you noticing that? Yeah, triangle
0: and seaside. I need to explore that further. No, that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you. From your practice when it comes to the listening space, how that practice can actually enhance our overall well-being and happiness
1: there's something very settling about being listened to and exploring your experience in that way and it tends to tend to generate a very resourceful kind of thinking a very creative kind of thinking it can have a lasting impact so it's a it's a way of bringing mindful attention to your experience in any moment and it might be a nice thing like happiness but it might be a, a not so comfortable thing and i can give you a story about that if you like so so i work as a coach and one of my clients would talked about boil she just in a meeting she feels like she felt like she would just boil and she'd lose her temper and then she, she was like that for the rest of the day. She couldn't concentrate. She'd lose her focus. And she, it meant that she couldn't really perform well in these meetings. She couldn't advocate for her, the people that she was working with. And so we explored that. Rather than the happiness, we put boil in there. And she noticed that it was rather like lava that built up from her gut and worked all the way up its spine. And when it reached her head, that was like a, a, a volcano exploding in her head. And by bringing awareness to her experience in this way, she was able to notice what happens as it builds up. And she was able to start putting a lid on it before it would reach midway up her spine. And actually, by doing that, it meant that boil didn't happen again in the meetings. And it was just because she had a very tangible way through this metaphor, boil, volcano, so it meant that she wasn't experiencing that horrible feeling. In meetings, again.
0: Wow, okay, very interesting. So how the kind of metaphor helped her to change her behaviour almost because she was able to
1: influence her feelings much more. Absolutely, and it became a bit like an early warning system for her. But, for example, the more you come to know happiness and that seaside and the triangle, that might be a feeling that you can connect with more readily because you start to know it in a tangible way. Again, through metaphor. So metaphor is quite an important part of clean language. It's both about not contaminating, but also if you ask the questions in, in a more in-depth way, often a metaphor appears. It doesn't always, but if it does, it can bring a whole different awareness, different kind of awareness.
0: And then we can associate certain emotion and certain states with that so that if we need to move into that state, we can think about the metaphor to move in quicker into that desirable outcome. in any final practical tips for listeners? So we explored this entire idea of the listening space that can help us to self-reflect. We spoke how we can use that in relationship with others. Also, we actually practice and experienced it, which is fantastic when it comes to happiness. Any other tips of how our listeners can take on board that process of the listening space?
1: I was thinking about this and I thought actually probably the most useful everyday benefit of listening using clean questions and bringing that sort of welcome mat notion is that it enables you to pause when you're in conversation and notice what's the story that I'm telling myself about what the other person is saying because so often we react off the stories that we're telling ourselves rather than the meaning that was actually intended so having that inner pause I think can be one of the most useful things so that was one thing in the moment just getting more curious about what's the story that you're telling yourself about what somebody else is saying so that, that was one, one thought I had. And the other one is that having a space where you can listen to yourself or having, a, I call it having a drama buddy, having someone who's w- willing to listen to you and you both wipe your feet on the welcome mat. So the other person is going to allow you to be as irrational and out of perspective until you've discharged all those stress hormones and and are ready to engage a bit more perspective In your own time and it doesn't take long usually but so often we go in and we make suggestions and we people try and make things better for us they speak into our lives and and actually if you have a space where that doesn't happen it can be enough for you to gain your own perspective or for that other person to find their own solutions to their situation.
0: And then, as you said, move away from maybe those dramas role that we're adopting, move towards much more positive well-being and happiness, which is ultimately what we all want to do, even in the most challenging circumstances. I absolutely love that idea, having that safe space to do that with those around us. This is a podcast about happiness, as you know, what makes you happy?
1: Well, I have to say, holding a listening space for people makes me happy because it's such a lovely way of connecting with people, makes me happy to spend time with family and friends. And I also like being happy in my body, I realise. I like movement. I like walking. I like being out in nature. Brilliant. Thank
0: you so much. And thank you so much again for sharing all your practical tips and coming to talk to me at End Happiness. I definitely can see now my happiness as the sea and the triangle that will definitely stay with me. Thank you so much, Tamzy. Thank you. Wow, amazing episode, and I love that listening space and what that brought to me in terms of the color and the shape of my happiness. So thank you again, Tamsin, for a great experience of listening space. The easiest way to actually incorporate self-reflective practice is to add it to any other activities that you are currently undertaking. So my few favorites are having a reflective pause when making a cup of tea, Spending time self-reflecting when journaling, choosing one specific question we want to reflect upon and incorporating it into yoga or meditation practice, or even texting or emailing a chosen question to someone else to encourage them to self-reflect with you. And over the years, I personally collected lots of different questions that help me to shift that thinking into more positive direction. I'm going to share with you my three favorite ones. Number one, what could I be doing more of to stay happy? Two, what could make me proud by the end of this week? And how do I want to show up in the world today? And remember, whatever question you choose to self-reflect, always concentrate on one question at a time. Thank you so much for joining me in becoming more resilient successful and happy i hope to see you at the next episode on society and happiness where i'll be exploring how we can expand our belonging bubble to stay happier see you next time bye